Hi there, this is Jacob Msipa, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. So it's time to build. It's time to do what? It's ever God who changes times and who changes seasons. We believe that it is the set time for us. As I said, that we usually package seeds. It is because on the 28th of August in 2004, God birthed out something big called Builders Church. And when we come and we say thank you to the Lord and we say, Lord, we are partnering with that which you are doing and with that which you have done, we don't know what is it that God can birth out in our own personal lives. So I encourage each and every one of us to take it very seriously. Yes, we are going to have a party, but even in the midst of that party, God is going to do things in a great and a mighty way. Somebody say amen. So it's our time to build. Somebody say it's time to build. Yes, it's time for us to build the house of the Lord. It's time for us to build our families. It's time for us to build our lives. It's time for us to build our marriages. It's time for us to build our careers. It's time for us to build our businesses. But each and every time when uh, you engage in um, 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 an assignment to to build, you cannot be passive. You cannot be passive. When you are building, you are engaging on an action that requires your full attention. You are engaging in an action that requires you to be even sober-minded. Once Mfundisi said, you cannot drink and drive your life. Cannot drink and drive your marriage. You cannot drink and drive your, uh, your business. So it requires you to be of a sober mind. It requires you to be fully engaged in knowing what is it that you are doing and what is the outcome that you are expecting thereof. So now the title of my message this morning is The Cost of Building. In this life, we are now people who don't want to engage in building. We are a generation of microwave. We are a generation that wants things to happen quickly and instantly. We are a generation that does not want to build anything anymore. We are a generation that wants to build things from the top instead of from the ground up. But in my years, I'm very old, by the way. I may not look like it, praise the Lord, but I'm very old. So in the years that God has given me, both of just living and of being a pastor, I have come to realize that it is always for your advantage to build from the ground up. Because it is only those who are digging the grave who start from the top. So if you want to start from the top, maybe you are busy 
digging a grave where you will bury yourself, where you will bury your marriage, where you will bury your relationship with God, where you will bury the things that God would want you to experience. Somebody say amen. amen. It is only those who are, who are digging the grave who start from the top. So it is important to embrace starting from the bottom. Somebody say starting from the bottom. That is exactly what we are doing here in Hillcrest, even though we are 18 years old and everything else is going very well. But we decided that when you want to do something great in a region, you better start from the ground up. Somebody say amen. So it is important next time you want to start at the top, remember it might be just a grave that you are digging. That is why there are ladies who want... Aye, somebody say amen. That is why there are ladies who want ready-made. And most of them, the ready-made, are not good to the ladies who want the ready-made. Because you might be digging your own grave from the top. And here is a young man wanting to build from the ground up. And the lady says, you are driving a Kia. Luke chapter number 14. Luke chapter number 14. If you can go and check with those who have been married for long, they will tell you we met at university sharing noodles. <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke chapter number 14, before the ladies ask for a meeting with me after the church service. Luke chapter number 14. Come on, guys. Luke chapter number 14, verse number 28. I'm always accused of, of loving uh, the gents or too much, always uh, talking for the gents and whatnot. And it's not true, ladies. Don't, don't believe them. Luke chapter number 14, verse number 28. Hallelujah. Somebody say the cost of building. Luke 14, 28, are we there? The Bible says, for which of you intending to build a tower? How many know towers are long? Towers are very important. Once a tower crashes, we do not have network. It's something very big. It's something great. It's something of value. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Whether he has enough to finish it. Now, discerning that it is the season to build will also require us to be those who are discerning that it is time for us to, to, to count the cost. Second Samuel chapter number 24, verse number 24. The Bible says, when David was commanded by God through the prophetic word from God to build an altar to the Lord, Aruna offered to give him everything he was going to need. But David said to him, then the king said to Aruna, no, so that's what David said. He said, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. 
nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. Somebody say it cost me nothing. So David here was saying, I'm not going to offer to the Lord something that has cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen from 50, for 50 shekels of silver. Verse number 25. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord headed the prayers to the land and plug was withdrawn from Israel. David refused to be given things on the silver platter. He said, I will not offer anything to the Lord unless it cost me something. It will cost you. Collaborating with God, with building his house will cost us something. Collaborating with God to build our lives will cost us something. Collaborating with God to build our families, our careers, our businesses will cost us something. Everything that we are building for God and with God requires a sacrifice. But many of us shy away from the sacrifice part. We just want to shine and be seen as those who have built something with God and for God without embracing the sacrifice thereof. Nehemiah chapter number four, verse number one, the Bible says, but it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indigent and mocked the Jews. So now there is a prize, there is a prize to be paid each and every time you begin to collaborate with God. Sometimes you will wonder why I am arising to do something that is of God. I am arising to do something that is a positive. However, it looks like all hell is breaking loose. It is because each time you arise to collaborate with God, that's when the devil is threatened. But when you are building and you are just, in fact, when you are not building, you are not engaged in building your life, the God, I mean, the way that God would want you to build it, the enemy does not care because he knows that it will just be built on sand. It is not built upon a firm and a solid foundation, but it is something that will disappear anytime, anyhow. That is why you find people who are not collaborating with God in building whatever it is that they are building. They don't sleep at night because anything can happen in such a way that they can lose what they have. So they don't sleep at night. They don't have peace. They don't have joy because this thing that they are building, they are not collaborating with God in it. And they know that the foundation is very shaky because it is not upon the rock. Somebody say the rock. The rock is Christ himself. When we build upon Christ, the Bible says no matter what can come, our way, whatever we are building will stand firm because it is built upon a rock. So now when you are busy building, just like Nehemiah here, you will find that Sanballat will come against you. I was at a funeral, shame, Bonnie's, Bonnie's dad passed away, so we were at the funeral yesterday, that's why Bonnie and Monseni are not here. 
it's because their dad uh, passed away. So um, we were at the funeral. And the pastor who was preaching said um, uh, he sits on the board of uh, faith mission, apostolic faith mission. And each time they send someone uh, to become a pastor or to preside over a certain branch uh, of the apostolic faith mission, he sits with them in an interview and he says his famous question is, have you ever been talked about? Because that is going to be a determining factor whether you will be able to stand. If you have ever experienced people being against you for no reason, and how did you respond? He blessed me so much. He said, I don't stop there to say, have you ever been talked about? But I ask you, how did you respond? Because that is a determining factor whether you are going to stand the test of time. So whatever it is that you are building for God or that you are building with God, if you are going to listen to the outer voices of San Palat and them discouraging you and you react each and every time somebody says something negative about you, you stop and you retaliate, you will never get to where you are going. So you must let them talk and keep on building. People will talk about you. That is what they said to Nehemiah. They said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they offer sacrifices? Because they did not believe in them. That is why each time you engage on a project of doing something that God has asked you to do, you need to make sure that you count your cost. And when you count your cost, you make sure that you ask God to help you with capacity so that you can enjoy the sacrifice of being spoken to by person, spoken down on by people who don't even attempt anything for that matter. Most of them are not doing anything. That is why they have the time to point fingers. But I'm here this morning to encourage you to say, if you are doing anything that God has asked you to do, whether you are building, co-laboring with him in his house, building his house, building your marriage, building your business, building your career, people will always talk and they will talk badly about you. But you need to be the kind of a person who focuses on the task at hand. Somebody say amen. So they will talk and they will discourage you. They will look down upon you, but you keep on building. They will analyze you. They even said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Let me just read it for you in Nehemiah chapter number four, verse, from verse number one. It says, but it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious. Have you ever experienced people who are furious about what you are doing, did not even ask them for a cent. Not even one cent to do what you are doing. To attempt what you are attempting. But they are furious. There are things that you engage in for God and with God, and it causes the demons in people to manifest. They have always been there. The demons have always been there. But they manifest as soon as you step out and you say, this is what I'm doing for the Lord. And this is what I'm doing for my life. In such a way that you realize that they've been around me with these demons inside. 
It just so happened that I was sitting and doing nothing. So they were comfortable with me. But as soon as I attempt to climb up the ladder, then all hell breaks loose. What did I ask from you? Because I'm just going back to school so that I can get a promotion. What is your problem? What have I done? And the demons manifest. Listen to what it says. So they, they were furious and mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? And sometimes it's one instigator. What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer up sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Who said I want to complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish stones that are bent? That's what you get when you arise to attempt to build something significant for the Lord and with the Lord. When you attempt to rise above the norm, when you attempt to rise above the status quo, that's what you get. But I want you to understand that you need to develop a, a thick skin and say to yourself, I'm going to keep building. They will talk, I will build. And by the time I finish, their talk would, would have amounted to nothing. But what I am building would have amounted to something. Somebody say, amen. So now, we need to calculate the costs. But sometimes when we calculate the cost, we sit down and then we say it is too much. Each time when we sit down and we look at that which God wants us to do, we usually get frustrated and we usually get scared by what God would want us to do. Many of us are not scared of where we are, but we are scared of where we are going. We are scared of where we are going because it's a territory that we have never treaded upon. Somebody say amen. And we are now familiar with where we are. That is why we have mastered everything that we are doing, even in our current positions at work. But as soon as we get to be stretched a bit, it becomes a challenge to most of us to say, I don't think I can be able to do, that, to do this. But when God wants us to count the costs, he does not want to frighten us, but he wants us to know what is it that is supposed to be paid for us to be able to attain that which we want to attain. Somebody say amen. So when we say we want to build, thank you. We, we think that it is inconveniencing us. We think that it is not supposed to take time. But building take takes time. Each and everything that you are going to build and is going to last, it's going to take time. Because when you are busy building, God is building you. That's why it is taking time. It is because God, where he is taking you, there is a certain level of strength and courage that is needed at that level. But when you don't allow God to take time in making sure that what you are building also builds you. I want you to understand that when we started Builders Church 18 years ago, we thought that the growth was slow. But we realized that when the influx 
of growth came in, we realized that, thank God, it was slow. It was building us so that we can have capacity to carry the growth that God was bringing. Somebody say amen. Because God brings a certain kind of people and you are supposed to be their leader. You will be intimidated as a CEO of a company when God allows you to hire a, a CA who is supposed to stand for the affairs of your finances. And because maybe uh, you did not study as far as they did, but God gave you the grace for business, you might be intimidated by the fact that they are more educated than you are. But when you have allowed God to work on you as you work your dream, I'm telling you by the time it's where it is supposed to be, you will be able to handle it. God will bring, will, will build capacity as you build. Give it time. Give it time. So sometimes when we build, we say, this is inconveniencing. Sometimes even when we build the house of the Lord, we want everything that we are doing for God to match our schedules instead of what we are doing for God to determine our schedule. We say that it's going to take time. We say that it's costing me my time. It's costing me my resources. But building always has a price tag. Building always is going to cost you something. So we need to calculate the costs. But when we calculate the costs, we must not run away from what we are supposed to build. When we calculate the cost, we must not be overwhelmed by what it is that we are going to pay for what God wants to give to us. So when we calculate the cost, we must calculate the cost because we want to pay. I know most of us want to get to the level, maybe some are there, want to get to the level when, when you ask how much is a certain thing, you are asking so that you can pay. We are not asking so that you can check if you afford it. It's, it's a level. Yeah, it's a level. And it is possible for each and every one of us. When you are asking, you are not checking if you can afford it, but you are checking so that it's time for you to pay. You just want to pay. That's why you are asking how much it is. But there is a level where you say how much is it because you want to first check on your app. That is if you are not using Capitec. You... I'm joking. <laughs> forgive, 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 forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. You want to check whether there is enough money for me to pay for this thing. Or maybe you want to check in your purse if your cash is enough for you to pay for this thing. But there is a level when you calculate the cost so that you know how much you are supposed to pay. It's because you want to pay. So God wants us to get to that level even in his things, even in what he wants to build in and through our lives. That we sit down and we calculate the cost because we want to pay the price. For we know that whatever it is that is waiting for us at the end of the tunnel is better than where we are. And therefore the price is nothing compared to what we are going to 
attain. Somebody say amen. That is why the Bible says, forgetting the things that are behind, I press on towards the mark of my high calling. Because when you have a high calling, it's going to cost you something. Somebody say amen. So he says, I forget the things that are behind. But when you say they for you forget the things that are behind, it does not only mean the bad things. Many people dwell too long in their success. That's why they don't rise. Success is in levels. Success is in dimensions. And it could be that where you are right now is the bottom of where you will ever be. But sometimes we get tempted to park at the bottom because it's comfortable. But it's the bottom at the end of the day. No matter how comfortable it can be, I may drive a good car, I may live in a good house, I may have good children, but it can be a bottom because the God that we serve compared to that which he wants for you and I, this is the bottom. This is the least you, have, you will ever be. Only if you allow God to take you from one level to the next. So when you say you are forgetting things that are behind and you press on towards the mark of the high calling, you don't only forget the failures. Yes, you must forget the failures, but you must also quickly forget your success because some of us are held at ransom by our own success. The success of yesterday is not the success of tomorrow. Pay the price for the next level. Don't pack at a scale breakthrough. God has more and he wants to do more. You calculate the cost and you pay the price. It's time to build. But what will it cost us? And if we truly love God, if we truly love his kingdom, if we truly love his people, we will be willing to pay the price. We will be willing to say, Lord, this is what you are doing in this season. And I want to be a partaker of that which you are doing in this season. I'm going to make sure that I count my costs and I pay them. And after paying them, then I qualify to co-labor with you. And you and I can go to higher heights. How many know that the capacity that you can have more than even your education, more than even your experience, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the greatest capacity you can have. And that's your advantage. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But somebody may ask, what is the cost then? What is the cost then? Cost defined is an amount that has to be paid and spent to buy or obtain something. Also cost is the effort. Cost is the loss. Cost is a sacrifice that is necessary to achieve or to obtain something. If anyone has ever obtained anything in life, if they can sit down, they will realize they lost something. They sacrificed something. There was effort that was put in. There was a sacrifice that was made. Somebody say amen. amen. 
So we need to ask ourselves these questions. What is the effort that I need to put in to co-labor with God in building his house, in building my family, in building my marriage, in building my career, in building my business? What am I willing to lose? And what am I willing to sacrifice? Most people want the results without the sacrifice. Most people want to do things overnight and have them succeed overnight, but without the sacrifice. Most people want beautiful marriages without the sacrifice. Most people want great businesses without the sacrifice. There is a level of sacrifice that needs to be put in. Too much comfort is your enemy. Too much comfort is working against you. Sometimes when, you, when, when I said, when you forget those things that are behind and press onto the mark of the high calling, you don't only forget the failures, but you also forget the success. It is because when sometimes the success that you experienced before is no longer there, you are no longer experiencing the success. The audit you need to take is not only about your failures. The audit you need to take is also about your success. What did I do to achieve what I achieved? So that I can double it for the next level. I need to sit down and say to myself, what is it that I did right that resulted me where I am today? And if I want to be taken to the next level, what is it that I am supposed to do to get to the next level? You double up that which you have done to get you to the first level so that you can then reach the other level. Somebody say amen. But it requires us to lose something. It requires us to sacrifice something. Somebody say amen. Luke chapter number 9, verse number 24. The Bible says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Some of us are saving ourselves too much. We are very comfortable. We are saying, Lord, I am trusting you for a great life. I'm trusting you for a great business. I'm trusting you for a good relationship with you. But everything that I am supposed to do to achieve the good relationship that I want to have with God, I don't want to do. When it's time to wake up and go to church, I don't want to go to church. When it's time to attend classes, I don't want to attend classes. When it's time to give, I don't want to give. When it's time to read the word and pray, I don't want to do that. But I want God to be closer to me each and every time. There is always a part that you must play. Always. 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 There's a part that you must play. Even the dreams that you have, the aspirations that you have, there's a part you must play. As much as God is indeed going to help you, but there's a part you must play. So if you save your life too much, you will eventually lose it. You will wonder where did time go? But it was you. You were too comfortable. Because some of us want to protect ourselves from God. We want to protect our resources from God. We want to protect everything from God. But I wonder why. Because even our very breath comes from God. Everything that we are and everything that we have comes from God. So building will cost us our possessions. Building will cost us spiritually. Building will cost us 
our materials. Building will cost us our time. Building will cost us our boyfriends. Building will cost us our girlfriends. Because now you no longer have the time to play. You are now very serious. I had someone, I know you saw his, uh, his uh, I'm watching my time. Whoa. You, 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 I'm sure you saw the testimony of the guy um, last week. The guy from Delmas. Yeah, Ruben. That guy, his testimony is very powerful. Very, very powerful. You can get it on YouTube if maybe you were not here last week. So he has a very, very powerful testimony. So now, when he got saved, after becoming serious with God, then he could see that with the person I am living with, I'm not going to reach the goal I want to reach in my career and in my relationship with God. He decided, and he said, and mind you, the person, oh, eh, 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 the girlfriend, they were, they were coming to church together. And he said to her, you know what, I think for now, let's go our separate ways. You go live by your house, I will live by my house, and um, we will come together uh, as soon as I am ready to get married. Yeah? The girl said no. Yes. And he was very serious and he was hurt because he really wanted to marry her. So sometimes we want things that are quick, but they are not made. So she was better off with the Reuben who was drinking and doing drugs. But the Reuben that was now clean and ready to build a career in his life. No, she didn't want that kind. What, what is that? So it, it, his salvation and him building his life cost him his girlfriend, cost him someone that he loved, that he wanted to marry. But building his life was of greater value than the girlfriend. You must calculate your cost. Reuben, the girlfriend was fine with the Reuben who was doing drugs and drinking. But the drugs and the drinking were killing his life. So when he wanted to correct his life and build his life, the girlfriend did not want that. Sometimes what we love does not love us back the way we should love ourselves. Wanted to build his life. The person who was supposed to be happy and say, well done, let's do it. Because we are building your life and I'm going to benefit from you building your life. Said, no, I can't. So you are comfortable with me killing myself for you. Obvious, Pella, because when I say I am changing my ways and I want to be clean, I want to do things the right way, you no longer love me? It means you love me when I'm dying. And then the next thing I die here and you continue with your life and then you cry, one, two, three, one, two, three, cry, 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 and then... Uh, uh, the following day, someone else, come, I'm here, I'm available. Somebody say amen. We must be willing to bring God offerings. Offerings of ourselves. The Bible says, I am your sacrifice. It says, 
Here is my body a living sacrifice that is holy and acceptable unto you. It says it is my reasonable act of worship. Coming to church is a sacrifice. Coming to church is a worship and a praise unto God. He says, I'm a living sacrifice. That's why I'm here sitting in your presence, hearing your voice. It is because I have made up my mind that I am a living sacrifice. Whether it's raining or it's not raining, whether it's cold or it's hot, whether it's convenient or it's not convenient, I'm going to make sure that I position myself to find myself in the presence to work my salvation and to co-labor with God to do that which he has called me to do so that his house may be built. If I can just make an example, before you can have a Sunday service like this, we start on Monday by recording prayers. Yes, Monday. Yeah. If it's me or it's Mfundis who was here, start by waking up very early in the morning, very, very early, a.m.s. Prepare, get ready, rush to the airport. Just like today, the flight almost uh, left me. Rush to the airport, land here, come here, do the, the dry run, the prayer. And then Monday, it's another cycle. Office, recordings, prayer. Tuesday, we start long meetings. They can tell you, oh, 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 Pastor Kudu, long meetings. Diagnosing the service. What happened? Why were the lights not switched off when the announcement came on? What is the reason? So that next week, that reason is mitigated. Is it because the person was not paying attention? Or is it because the plug was not working? Or is it because somebody was just not doing what they are supposed to do? So that we deal with everyone decisively yeah so that you can have a good experience counting your costs it's a sacrifice it's an offering we are giving our bodies as a living sacrifice from 9 a.m to meeting and here in hillcrest it's uncapped on zoom they don't have any excuse from the morning until two sometimes making sure that everything here is done accordingly and everyone who walks through these doors is well taken care of yes the cost then it's Wednesday we wake up early in the morning we pray 5am we pray every day Thursday Friday we are working every day we are working why the sacrifice Many of us dream of big businesses, but each time 175 rand comes in, you go and you eat it. But you want to build a great and a sustainable business. The money that has gone through your hands could have built you a solid company, but 175 rand, you eat it. Ah, somebody say amen. amen. The Bible says you must go and buy from those who sell. There are those who know better than you. Go and ask them, how do I build a sustainable business? So instead of me eating my 175 rand, I tithe. 
I give. And after that, I get someone who's going to help me with admin because I'm not good with admin. And we share this. In fact, at first, probably you are the one. I know, uh, who's, who's this guy? Where rich dad, poor dad? Yeah. I beg to differ that you must first pay yourself all the time. Sometimes you don't have to pay yourself all the time. Yes. That's why we are standing here. It's because we did not pay ourselves first. That's why there is a Hillcrest campus. It's because we did not pay ourselves first all the time. So I beg to differ. Sometimes you need to take the back seat and say, as long as I'm okay, Lord, me, I'm covered. I know the heavens are opened over me. I tithe and I give. I'm good. I'm sorted. I'm working this thing. Find an administrator. Find someone who's better at what you, at what you are doing, better than you. Don't be scared to hire those who know better than you. They're the boss. With, with your eyes opened like this and say, okay, so what are you doing here? Knowing very well that you don't know what they are doing. Uti, Uti, okay. All right, no problem. Okay, all right, so you, you, oh, okay, no problem. So this one must match this one. All right. No, I understand. So when are you going to get the outcome uh, out of this? And they say, hey, it takes forever. No, I don't think so. You don't even know the process. <laughs> and you say, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to take forever. You just need to prioritize your time. Let's make it happen. And you walk back to your office and you say, Lord, I'm grateful that everything is going well in my business. Yes. 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 You are building, you are building, you are building. You pay your tithe, you pay your offerings. And when things are not going well, your staff won't even know. Your staff won't even know because they will be paid and they are paid to sit down and do the work. It does not matter what is going on over there. I'm the one who is built for this. I'm going to take and tackle whatever is happening up there. You do your job and we keep the ball rolling. Now that's building. Many of us have been running companies on, on the boot of our cars. And the money that has gone in our hands could have built us at least with a staff of five people, at least five. Five people to take this thing to the, to, to take this thing to the next level. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say it's time to build. Hi, guys, where is my time? Okay, let's quickly go. Let's, let's quickly go. Let's, let's quickly, quickly, quickly. God has given us things that we need to give back to him as a sacrifice, as a show to say, Lord, we know that co-laboring with you will cost us something. And we are not, and God does not want us to give him what he has not given us. Each time God demands something from you, you must know he has given you. Yeah. When God demands from you, a great company out of you. You must know he has built it in the inside of you. That is why you must not give up, but you must press on. When God requires a great church out of us, we must know that he has put it in the inside of us and we are going to press it and make sure that we attain it. He has given us righteousness so that we can give it back to him. Romans chapter number five, verse number 17. For if by, the, by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, 
much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. So that's a formula to reign in life. There is the one who has given us the abundance of grace. And that grace is given. That grace is a gift of righteousness. How many know that a gift you do not pay for? So God wants us to give him back our righteousness, but he has given it to us as a gift. Somebody say amen. Psalm chapter number four, verse number five, the Bible says, offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. So when you are engaging in a righteous life, you are saying, Lord, I am giving back to you that which you have given me. Righteousness does not come by might nor by power, but it is given. You ask the Lord to give it to you and say, Lord, I want to be a righteous person. I want to have a good and a living relationship with you. God will give it to you. And then you need to give it back to you. I did mention that we give our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. It's our reasonable act of worship unto the Lord. Somebody say amen. Number two, he has given us joy so that we can give it back to him. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So each time we are doing something for the Lord, say for instance, you are singing for the Lord here, yeah, you are playing instruments, you are, you are ushering, you are uh, part of multimedia, you are hosting, or you are just uh, attending. You must do it with joy. Do it with joy. Do it with joy. Don't always be grumpy. Don't depend on your own joy. Some of us want to develop our own joy and say, I don't feel like it today. But drag yourself to it and the feeling will follow you. If things don't happen to you, happen to the things. Ah, somebody did not catch it. Somebody did not catch it. Don't say I am not, don't say I am not joyful. I don't have joy. And therefore I'm not going to do that which God has called me to do because the enemy will find a gap to say each time your joy is not in a correct place, you self-destruct. You don't do things that you are supposed to do. You don't go to work. You don't do things the way you are supposed to do them so that you can position yourself for promotion. You don't do your business because you don't feel like it. If you depend on feelings, you will never build anything significant. Nothing. You drag yourself. Joy or no joy. If joy is not happening, happen to joy. And begin to dance. Just say, it's definitely. I don't know why. Why am I doing this? This is so hard. Lord, this is so hard. Uh, I, the next thing you know, you are joyful. Why? Because it's the joy of the Lord. That is your strength. It's not your joy. Many of us have been depending on our own joy. That is why we have failed in life. That is why we have not done anything significant because we depend on joy. If joy does not happen, happen to joy. If promotion does not happen, happen to promotion. And promotion will wonder what happened to me. In this office, I did not expect this one. But you happened to promotion. Because you sat down and you counted your cost. And then the manager says, everyone is always giving us mixed feelings all the time. Everyone comes here. Today they don't want to talk to us. They don't want to say, they are not, uh, they are grumpy. They are this. This one does not deserve promotion. And this one is always happy. And yet you are not always happy. 
You depend on the joy of the Lord. But you show up happening to your promotion. That's how you happen to your promotion. And then they wonder, how did she get here? I happened to it. Psalm chapter number 16, verse number 11. You will show me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That is why I recommend coming to church every Sunday. Mina, that's what I do. Unless obviously for like things that you cannot get out of, like work or whatever the case may be. But others uh, volunteer to work on Sunday instead of coming to the presence. No wonder we lack joy so much. The Bible says at the, in his presence, there is the fullness of joy. Look at us right now. Some of us came. We were not even laughing when we left home. But we are laughing here at church. Because in your presence, there is the fullness of joy. And then the Bible says, at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So before you have access to the hand, you must be in the presence. There is no way that you can have access to the right hand unless you find yourself in the presence. It says, in the presence of the Lord, there is the fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Sometimes we want the pleasures without being in the presence. Get yourself in the presence. So that you can have access to the pleasures. Right. Number three. Praise. The Bible says in Isaiah 61 verse number three. To give them the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. In Psalm chapter number 50 verse number 14. It says offer to God thanksgiving. The thanksgiving we've been talking about. Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the most high that is the garment of praise praise is categorized in five but this one we are talking about thanksgiving it does something to god they god there's something that god cannot do for himself he cannot thank himself so each time you give him thanks you are tickling him in a way each time you give him thanks. He is wondering, where did this one come from? Because I love it. It means they are acknowledging what I have done for them. It means that they are acknowledging that it is not their might. It is not by their power. But it is by myself as God. So when they come in thanksgiving, God even looks around to say, what else can I give them? What else can I give this one? What else can I give this one? Because they are thanking me. I know I, my cup will never run dry of thanksgiving. If only, if, if, if God had a love language, I would say it's thanksgiving. When you thank him, he feels loved by you. So thanksgiving is one of the five. We all know it will be probably a study of another time. We yada, we, we do all of those things. But also thanksgiving is part of praise. God gives us the gifts so that we can give back to him. Some of us don't want God to use our gifts. We hide our gifts from God. God has given us gifts. God has gifted us. God has given us talents and we hide them from him. We say, Lord, you can do whatever you want, but don't come near my gift. This is my gift, but it comes from God. Romans chapter number 12, verse number six, it says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. Let us use them. Gifts are given to us. Grace is given to us. We are able to use our gifts because God 
has given them to us. Psalm chapter number 72, verse number 10. The Bible says the kings of Tashish and of the isles will bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba will offer gifts. It's a gift and talents that God has given us in the inside of us. But also there are gifts that God has given us as resources. God says, even that, expose it to me and let's work together. Let's do something out of that which I have given you. Somebody say amen. He has also given us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we can know him, so that we can know how to pray, so that we can know how to praise him. The Bible says we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So he has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit so that we don't figure it out ourselves, but we get it from him. Somebody say amen. Romans 8, 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Psalm chapter number 119, verse number 108, it says, Accept, I pray, the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me your judgment. Number six, he has given us time. We have already spoken about time, so I will not elaborate on that. But God has given us time so that we can achieve for him and with him that which he has called us to do here on earth. And part of it is building his church. Part of it is co-laboring with him to build his church. And each time you make your way to serve a church or each time you make your way to come to church, you are co-laboring with God to build his church. Somebody say amen. I always say never look down upon yourself when you are not doing anything at church, but you are just attending. You are actually doing something great because people love going where people are. So if you are there, you are contributing to building the house of God. Somebody say amen. Never look down upon yourself. Yes, we want everyone to be engaged and do something. But even just attending every Sunday, you're saying, Lord, I am here contributing in your house through my time. He has given us time so that we can give it back to him. I'm closing number seven. He has given us financial prosperity so that we can give, him, give it back to him as offerings to say, Lord, here we are. We are on earth and you want to build your house here on earth. And resources, financial resources are needed. So if you can bless me, I'll show you how I will collaborate with you. It's always my prayer to say, Lord, trust me. You will see. If you can just trust me, you will see what I will do in your house. I will collaborate with you with my finances. So when we give our tithes and our offerings, we are collaborating with God to build his house. And how many know that if a horse pipe is um, watering, it is watered itself. There is no way that God can build his house through you and you will not be blessed. Each time you, you take out to say, Lord, let your house be built. I'm, I'm tithing faithfully. I'm offering faithfully so that your house may be built. Lord, I am partnering with you. I am co-laboring with you. You will be watered as the one who is a channel. Haggai chapter number two, verse number eight, it says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of, the Lord of hosts. So in other words, it belongs to him. So if I want it, I must ask it from him. And he will ask, what's on it for me? And when you say, I will co-labor with you to build your house, definitely you will see him. 
beginning to release this silver and this gold that belongs to him. Let us stand. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.